what's up guys this is the wcbc podcast my name's hunter my name's alan i'm josh and we are here and uh joe i know you just heard the intro and we didn't change it but say something again no i'm just joking <laughs> joe says we need to get more creative which is alan's son he's giving us slack because we're always the same that's our that's our stick it's our hook it's our yeah you gotta our, you gotta leave something our, with the people it's our mo you know what i'm saying it's it's our mark so what's funny though is after we just finished service and so i went to the restroom you can't mess with that no you can't, you can't. I, so i went to the restroom though and me and joe were sitting we were standing there talking and uh larry lee senior walked in you know of course he comes over and he starts joking around i love that guy but i told larry and said man is there nothing you can teach this guy and he looked at me and said how much time do you have and I'm like, I don't know. He said it'd take all the time in the world to teach Joe this. So, but well, Larry, uh, he's a good one now. Oh, uh, he's something else. Uh, but yeah, guys, welcome to this episode. Uh, we're looking forward to continuing our conversation today. Uh, seems like we're dwindling down through these spiritual gifts, and uh, we've got Bible school this week. And I'll say this, man: if your church if is doing Bible school, uh, that's exciting. But if you don't know what it's like to get i mean knee deep in bible school work man you you don't have really a good idea of what work is this this is going to be a big week uh for the chapel and man i, I think this kind of echoes what we've talked about maybe a couple weeks ago when we hit the gift of evangelism you know we have a charge to share the gospel with people however we need to and especially how god would use us and when you look at an opportunity to bust children in, or even parents or adults, and you bring them in, and you get four nights of just gospel exposure, that's awesome. And it is a lot of work, and maybe a lot of people listening to this know what that feels like, but man, it's worth it. It's worth it. Yeah. And I'm looking forward to it. Um, so before we even get into the spiritual gift, we're talking about a teacher today. Um, our pastor this morning preached on the sovereignty of God, and I think it's... That's great, great. But what I thought was pretty cool is, you know, I'm slowly reading through Job right now. Man, I mean, I love reading. I mean, I'm probably like chapter 8, chapter 9, and I, slowly going through, you know, how his friends responded to him. But, you know, our pastor talked about this morning that, you know, if God is for us, who's against us? That applies in bad times and good times, all, all the time. God, if you are part of his elect, if you're saved, you are God's people. So, but guys, when we look at Job, right, and I, I'd like to have like a good brief uh, conversation about going through highs and lows and still praising God's where I'm going with this. But I mean, let, think about it. Like Job, a hard time comes, right? Um, and a lot of people are like, well, why would God do that? Why would this happen? Well, it's just like our pastor covered. Man, he works all things together for the good, you know, for those who belong to him, who love him. And so Job didn't understand everything at first. But man, when you look at his life and how God used it to minister to us and to people throughout time, but ultimately in the end, he doubled his portion at the end and blessed Job even more because of his faithfulness and how he didn't sin against God and all things that he did. But then you look at, his friends. I mean, they told him he was a sinful man. They told him he needed to repent. They told him, you know, he was wrong for the things that he was saying. And he was trying to tell him, he's like, show me my injustice. Show me my wrongness. He's like, for me, he even says, you know, if I say that I wish God would let me die, that's just because he's crying out to God. And so guys, when we look at this day and age and we look at how, man, bad things happen, great things happen. What should our attitude as a Christian believer biblically look like? We should we should be at a place to where when we good or bad, um, ultimately as a believer, our hope is in Christ. It's not in what we attain with the situation that we're currently in. We being of the human flesh, though, get wrapped up in the moment of what is going on right there before us. How can I benefit from it? Right. How can this, this situation turn out for my best interest? Yes, yes. And, you know, so sometimes what happens is that, you know, and this is me speaking for myself, that you encounter a, as you will, bad situation, what you think or view as a bad situation. But just like Job, just like Joseph, they, they, the situation, when you look down the road of it, 
was a blessing. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing that, you know, I'm guilty of at times looking and saying, you know, why me? Why this situation? Why? And then down the road, I realize it's like, thank you, Lord, for that moment in time, because the what I have gained from that situation, you know, there's certain things that God has revealed himself to me through and they were struggles they were trials they were tribulations and then that's where though at those moments and those key situations i firmly stand on christ because i know that i've delivered i've been delivered from that situation i've experienced that and the only way i got through again me speaking here just of myself though it's easy to find at times when things are going great yeah there's not that great of a dependence. You get a little, you get a little com- pride. A little complacent. Yeah, yeah. yeah you yeah. get a little pride. I think this topic is leading perfectly into the subject that we're going to speak on in the spiritual gift of teaching because of all the things that we've talked about as far as the, the prior ones, the, the wisdom and the knowledge and the things like that. Subject matter <laughs> being spiritual development and edification of the church and, and, and using gifts for the glorification of God, man, this leads perfectly into you've got to watch what you take in. You've got to watch what, yes. you, you know, you you make your uh, uh, analysis of, and you've yeah. got to make sure that you're surrounded by uh, the right people. Uh, Joe, bless his heart. I mean, they're telling him, dude, you, you've messed up. What have you done? Come on, come clean with us. We know you've done something, or God wouldn't be punishing you like this. But we now have the ability to look back at God's word and see the the big picture, the end of the beginning, the end of the story, yeah. and see that man, Job's in this position just to glorify God. Yes, yeah. Joseph, uh, you know, what I'm saying? Yeah. he got his brother sold him in slavery and yeah. threw him in a pit and told his daddy he's dead and took his pretty little coat of many colors and yeah. ripped it up. To bl- and I'm sure at the time when Joseph's going through all that, where are you at, God? Why have you forsaken me? Why am I? Why am I here? But then you look to the end of the story, yes. and he's in the position now where his yeah. uh, suffering has placed him in a, in, yeah. a, in a position where he now has the ability to provide for his yeah. brothers who are star- that, basically starving to death. Yes, <laughs> and I love his response to his brothers. You know, he yeah. says, "What you often meant for evil," he said, "God put for good." And that should you know? be that should be as we you know go through th- today's topic. I mean, I'm stoked. I, I'm really yeah. this is this is one of those I'm really excited about because. You, in my professionally, uh, I, I work in an industrial environment where I have to teach concepts to try to get folks to understand accident prevention, risk navigation, risk perception. Why do you do what you're doing? Do you see the outcome of the, your, the consequences of the decision that you made? So with doing all that, I try to be tactical because if I keep the main point in the back of my mind, no matter what my opinion of this person is, if I can get them to understand right. what I'm trying to teach them, we've all got that built-in self-preservation. You know, nobody wants to get hurt. Right. So that's what we try to capitalize on. But when it goes to, the, to God's Word, if we've got that teaching spirit, that teaching gift, we understand that the end goal is to make folks understand the true concepts and precepts in God's Word. Yep. And we're motivated to help disciple and to help uh, equip Christians to fight the storms and the battles that life's going to throw at them. Yeah. Even if your circumstances are not the most ideal, maybe you are suffering. Pa- Pastor talked about it today. Maybe you just come from the doctor and you yeah. got news that wasn't pleasant. That's a horrible place to be in. Yeah. How do we use God's word to understand that, man, we're right in a position where God wants to use us? Yeah. Man. So th- th- in teaching, uh, man, wow, this is this is good one. I'm, I'm ready for today. <laughs> yeah. So let, let me say this before we jump any further. So even like when you look at James, trials and tribulations, what do you say? If any man like wisdom, let him ask God. Yeah. So when you look at Job, right, so everything goes wrong. And his first response was, you know, God give. God takes away, but blessed be the name of the Lord. You know, came from the womb naked. I'm going to return. I'm going to die. Right. So not only did he share wisdom, but also we got a, a close look at how close Job relied on God. Yeah. So not only that, keep going down the verses. Right. His wife says, you should curse God and die. 
He's like, well, you know, is God the God of good, but the God of evil? And so he proposes such a question, and some people might get tripped up at that, but we have to understand that experience plays a lot into how you respond to a current situation. So, like, I, I'm still, I'm 24, right? There's a lot of life, Lord willing, if he allows me, that I'll get to live. Have I been through some trials and some tribulations? Yeah, 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 yeah. But here's the thing. Being an immature person, when those things come, you really truly don't know how to respond until you can learn, right? Because how can you know to ask God for wisdom in those times unless you have experience and you get into the Word? So kind of what Josh said, a lot of young people's probably first response is like, man, why is this happening to me? Do I even belong to God? Am I lost still? Uh, you know, did I do something to God, right? I, I remember, uh, you know, when you get into sovereignty of God, I used to have this question in my mind. When I'd go fishing with people and everybody would catch fish and I wouldn't, I'd be like, man, is God punishing me right now because I'm not putting anything in this boat, right? <laughs> but see, that's a sign of immaturity because it takes growth and more time and sanctification to get to the point where you can be like Job and when the adversary or troubled times come, your first response isn't like Josh said, woe is me. Your first response is, man, God sent this. God has given me this. Blessed be the name of God. And I think a lot of times we look at the bad outcomes instead of the good outcomes. I mean, like this morning, like he started preaching on the sovereignty of God. I'm all about that. God's in control. God decides. God does all these things. But man, when you get in that verse where it's like, you know, all things work together for the good of those who love him and you keep going on forth. Man, I, I've looked at how God is very controlling in his salvation plan and how time and futuristic things. But I think this morning, one thing I had a realization was, have I ever truly tried to look in my life at how he performs sovereignty? Am I thankful, right, when he's done good? Like, maybe I've been in a bad spot and he's brought me out of it. So, this morning it made it more personal because not only am I a part of the elect, but man, he started a good work. He's going to finish it, but he's with me through good and through bad. And I think that's Paul reached that maturity, right? He said, I've been I've been bound, I've been a base, but nevertheless, you know, he exalted Christ. And so, I think, really, even today, when we look at the aspect of, of what we're talking about through the lens of someone who has the gift of a teacher, we're performing that kind of right now. We're trying to enlighten on this text so that maybe others who are struggling or have, uh, maybe they don't understand it or never heard it, they can have a glimpse at what maybe the scripture of, uh, of God is proclaiming. I mean, like this, like when you look at that word, uh, and I'm not going to try to pronounce it, it's a big one, but when you look at the Greek definition, you know, the Greek meaning of the word that was placed in the original manuscript, the definition is an instructor. Generally, specifically, right, a doctor, a master, a teacher, but I love this. It says in the New Testament, this is one who teaches concerning the things of God's God and the responsibilities, the duties of man. So this teacher has an opportunity to declare the things of God, but also use that to apply it to the responsibilities of the common day man. Yep. That's what we're doing right now. Exactly. Talking about how do we deal with good things and bad situations. It's, it's, spot, it's spot on with what we're dealing with. And, and again, uh, when you, you, you get in the position where God's got you given a, a responsibility, uh, uh, whether whatever that be, uh, being a parent, I've, I've made the statement when we were doing the, the, the home uh, series, uh, God gave me the responsibility of being a father. I didn't take that lightly. I can't afford to mess that up. Yeah. I want to make sure that I've... God puts us in a position to be a teacher. Uh, shouldn't take that responsibility lightly. We want to be impactful. We want, we want to be effective. We want to do our jobs to the best of our ability. And... Uh, uh, professionally uh, i mean i don't know if any of you have ever been sent for training and when you when you get into things like environmental and, and you sit in the classroom for certification for whether it's emissions or stormwater evaluation or whatever they typically have an instructor and we have to get certified every six months just to be compliant with state and some of the instructors that come in there are just i mean you can tell they're smart yeah and they've got a vocabulary that will impress everybody in the room. And you leave that two, three-day seminar, and you've got your certification, right? But what'd you learn? I learned the instructor's smart. Yes. I learned he's got a sack of big words yeah. that I didn't understand 
three quarters of them. But did he teach me anything? Right. So I think being an effective educator, well, our pastor said it beautifully today. Uh, things that he's learned, he makes sure that not only he teaches those to his children, he teaches them to our children. Right. And, and that's the responsibility that comes from uh, God caring enough to teach us, to make sure that we understand, to put himself, because as an instructor, we should put ourselves in the shoes of the people that we're trying to teach because everybody doesn't learn the same. Yeah. There's, there's, there's roadblocks that some have, like I've got some issues with uh, dyslexia and uh Read perfect. I mean, as far as I can sit down and, and open the Bible and, and sit myself and read, but you call me to read on a podcast, and you, I don't know if you're going to listen, but I've noticed the fact that when it comes time for me to read Scripture, I, my tongue swells up and gets real thick. Now, that's a mind thing. Yeah. I, I panic. Yeah. And, and, and there's issues that I deal with as far as learning. Uh, am I dumb? No, I ain't dumb. I learn things differently. So when you... When you want to be effective as an educator, man, nothing's out of bounds. Everything's everything's fair game. We want to make sure we have an impact. We want to make sure we cross and take yeah. care of all those obstacles to where that we can teach and effectively communicate. Yeah, and when you look at like someone who's gifted to teach, whether it's you know adults, children, teenagers, your own kids at home, right? Because there is instruction. Your wife, you know, all, all these things. There is a opportunity to explain, as I like to say, the oracles of God, his scripture, right, to someone. But we have to understand that, like, someone who is called to teach, they are gifted for that specific responsibility. So, like, you know, I've been, I've had a guy, I remember I went to a conference once, and this guy who, uh, super smart, right, he's in a room full of college kids, and he starts talking, and I'm like, dude what is he saying right now he's using all these big words it's over my head now i'm ready for that but i I was lost right Right. not like lost salvation but in in the context of what he was trying to explain i he the subject matter yeah completely missed yeah over my head ineffective teacher yeah but then all the line but then all of a sudden you know i hear about how some people learn this from him something great but then all of a sudden right the next guy comes up and he's like a youth pastor so all of a sudden he starts teaching and everybody's like, Psh, yeah, we know what you're saying. So it's almost like, you know, when God calls and God equips a man, a woman, you know, the opportunity to, to, to teach, he's going to give you that skill set to yeah. be able to be effective. Now, here's the thing. You're not effective because of what you bring to the table. No. You're effective by how God has gifted you to use your gift to glorify him and his word. We, we can't get that. out. It's like, you know, I love talking. I'm a talker. I mean, it's just what I do. Uh, if there was a job to just talk, I would do it, right? <laughs> but before I was saved, I still I talked all the time. I had, you know, but I was saved at a young age. But now it's like, you know, after I was saved, there were qualities and characteristics that I did, one did not know that I had, right? And my parents definitely, you know, didn't see it. My peers did not see it. My educators, people who were over me, did not see it. But here's the thing, it's like, you know, when I talk to people and they're like, man, you're out doing preaching and ministry and all, man, that's all, we didn't think you'd ever do something like that. And I'm like, no, me either. But God gifted me and called me to do a work that I have to be responsible in. So that's what I'm saying, like, if you're a teacher, don't ever be like, I'm the best, I'm good at this, I'm good at, like, don't try to, you know, walk off the stage and be like, "Woo!" You know, it's God no did that. It's no different than any of the other spiritual gifts that we talked about, yeah. whether it's whether it's prophecy yeah. or whether it's you know uh, the gift of tongues. Yeah. Or if you make it about you, yeah, you failed. If, if you, you're a teacher, you missed it, and you make it about yourself, you've missed it. Yeah, yes. you've missed it all the way. Yeah. And teaching is no different than any of the other gifts. Yeah. yeah. So the one of the things that. Um, you were talking about was like this different seminars and stuff you sat in the thing about it is like you know i in the construction industry i've sat into seminars and the guys are very intelligent and they're using scenarios that are a perfect situation however when you sit in there listen to it you're like yes it works on paper your presentation yeah, works yeah, yeah but in the real world which is where we're going to take this information you are giving us and we are going to make it applicable yeah. We don't have these perfect situations. Never. 
So we have other struggles to encounter. And then, but when I was thinking about that, what it made me think of is, are ultimately all of us are teachers, especially if we have children. Our first and foremost goal, or not goal, responsibility, yes, sir. responsibility is to raise our children. And in today's time of society, we see a disconnect of raising. And don't get me wrong, I was there. Yeah, I I coasted through the first part of parenting. And it wasn't until after my salvation that I realized I there was a huge void yeah. of failure because I did not teach my children. But one thing I did learn in this process was that teaching is not just so much, you know, I mean, we I can sit there and lay out all of the things just like the seminars I sit in a perfect situation. Yeah. But the one thing is, is I am not perfect. And I have to re- relay that to my children yeah. and let them understand. So when I'm at a moment of weakness, it is critical that I show my vulnerability to my family. Not because of anything else other than that they understand that I too am a human that is saved by grace. Yeah. That is seeking the one. And it's not of me. Yeah. Because it's easy as a father to become in a boastful state and yep. say, well, you're going to do this because I told you to. However, that's not the case. The case of it is, is that there's certain things that we do. We don't like them. We don't have to enjoy them. But we do them because there's a greater good. And the greater good is serving the one we serve, which is to be in. Alan, you say it all the time and I love it. You know, is I I really haven't never heard it until we started the podcast. But, you know, chicken little skies falling. Yeah, Yeah. If we watch society. That's what society is telling oh, us. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, and I mean, if we just focus, and I mean, we, like you mentioned too, they said that, you know, it's what we take in. We don't always have to take in straight filth. Yep. It could be the the local news and what the society in a whole is taking in. But if you follow that, it is a, very much a chicken it'll, little skies It will suck the life plum out of you. Out of you. Yep. Yes, and that's why it's key that we put our hope and our faith in Christ. Yeah. And we express that to our children. But when we are teaching our children... It is more than just a verbal. It is the way we walk, too, visual. Case in point, COVID-19. Now, again, we hit on this, and I know this is a subject that's affected a lot of people. There's been a lot of lives lost. Uh, CDC goes through, and they set out all these standards and all these expectations and all these guidelines that, uh, you know, are supposed to make a difference. We're still in the providential hand of God. Yep. If I get COVID-19 and die, it's going to be because because God's sovereign. Yes, that's exactly right. Yes. And kind of along with what Josh was saying as well, um, I, I keep getting the, the image of, you know, you've got to work with your hands. So, like, if a teacher just only declares or identifies as a teacher when he's only standing behind a podium, then he's wrong. Yeah. Because a lot of times, whether, you know, maybe it's with your families or it's with people you minister to, a lot of the teaching, most of the teaching you're going to do is not behind a podium. No. It's one-on-one. At least. It's over the phone. I, and that's my favorite uh, opportunities is, you know, when like Grant and some of these guys, they've called me and they'll be like, hey, I've got this question, you know, about this scripture. I'm like, yes. I, I And, you know, it's it's been sometimes super like Grant won't text me for like five days. I'm like, dude, when's he going to like call me and ask me? Because that's an opportunity that here's the thing. I can share Grant with Grant what I know about that specific scripture, or I can point Grant to someone who does, yep, right? Perfect, perfect. But that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're like, well, yeah, I'm a teacher and I teach, you know, behind this podium on Sunday mornings or this Wednesday night, I, I would challenge you to think of it bigger than that. Absolutely. Because here's the thing I've heard, I've heard pastors say, I heard, a, I talked to a guy the other day. He said, I pastor a lot of people in different places. And I was like, man, that's so true. But here's the thing if you're called to teach, Man, you're going to teach people in a lot of different places in your Sunday school room Absolutely. on Sunday mornings. Absolutely. And when you have that platform that God's gave you a, a class, and I've been fortunate enough that God's put me here, and I've taught Sunday school uh, basically young adults for 20-plus mm-hmm. years up until the last year or so. And, uh, it's funny how God works. And again, that don't, don't remind me, and I'll get back to mm-hmm. it. But when I, when I would teach, the statement that Josh said, I took the responsibility of teaching my children to heart i mean it's it's a, it's it's one of those that man i don't want to mess this up every 
yard mowing, every fishing trip, every, you know, the bad report card. There's always that teaching opportunity because I'm connected to my children. When I stand in front of a classroom, I have to be connected to those people. You got to know them. I've got to know what they're going through. I've got to know that we, everybody's got their own personal battle. If they don't know you, you're just a voice to them. And everybody's got their own struggles and everybody's got their own challenges. And some may be on mountaintop experience and some may be in the valley, you know, but the responsibility as a teacher is to understand and know and be committed and be connected to those people. I wanted to say intimately, but that's, that's a, some folks may take that the wrong way, but you've got to, you're be, wanting to click with your people. You've got to have a personal connection. Yeah. More well, even than Paul did that more than just stand up in front of them and quote scripture, because yes. I've seen, I've seen men uh, uh, that have a, awesome understanding of god's word and have the ability to quote it and and put it in context and and and, but have the people skills of a slug and to me if i want to be taught i want to be taught by somebody who is committed and understands that my development's important and personal. They, care, they care about me personally. That's a word yeah. other than intimate, intimate, personal, personal. That's the word yeah. I was hunting for. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I was looking at like Romans 12 and when you get into like verse five, it says, so we, though many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. And he says, having gifts that defer according to the grace given to us, let us use them. So Paul's talking about, you know, People are going to be used differently. People are going to be in different places, but it's one spirit, one body. Let us use our gifts. And what I love is he says, you know, let us use them. If prophecy, in proportion to our faith. If service, let's use it in our serving, right? The one who teaches, in his teaching. And so when you look at someone who has an opportunity to stand up and teach the word or declare, you've got to be personal with your people. You've got to be able to know them. Uh, you know, and I work with teenagers, but one thing I love is I try my best to get to know all of them. So one, they know me, but two, I can figure out who's at what learning level, right? Because we're all in different places. But when you look at someone who teaches, here's the other thing. You can only teach things that you've learned, right? So if the Holy Spirit's referred to as the teacher, then that means this. The teacher's going to have to spend time in the Word to be able to teach the Word. So, if you say you're a preacher, right, but you don't study the Word of God and you have no desire to do it, how can you preach? So, the same thing. If you say you're a teacher, but yet you have no desire to teach, you have no, uh, you know, listen, when I was a teenager, uh, I had an opportunity to teach a class once. Now, you got to remember, I was a teenager. And I'll never forget this, and it's burned in my memory. They said, Hunter, we're going to get you to teach the younger teenagers. And I was like, sure, yeah, they're great. Let's do it, right? So in my immaturity and my ignorance, and also I was a rebellious teenager at the time, I get up, and here's what happened the day before. I didn't prepare. So I bring a devotional book and use someone else's material to teach someone. Now, were people affected? Yes. Thank God. It wasn't me. And so that taught me something that, man, if we have an opportunity and we say we're a teacher and we want to teach, but we take no preparation, we take no time to study, we take no time to rightly learn how to divide the word to be able to declare it to other people, then it's almost like, uh, what was it, uh, a clinkling symbol? Yeah. You're just a voice. That's just, yeah, you're just saying stuff. And the other thing that, man, God's worked on me about is if you teach something, you've got to live it, Right. Because if you don't, then what are you? A hypocrite. hypocrite. That's what the Jews were. So the Lord's worked on me. He's like, you know, you said this and you taught on this, man. You need to go home and do this yourself. Sure. But the other thing is we've got to be taught and led by the Holy Spirit. I'll, let me give a short example. So um, this last week, Haley and I, we were able to start digging our water line, you know, because we're going to get married this year. Love. Yeah. And so we exciting got... Exciting <laughs> in you. So we, wow. Uh, so we got, you that's, know. That's the love boat theme song. You probably don't know about that show. No, I don't. But <laughs> Google, so, Google it. So we got done. <laughs> we got done and we had to take, you know, one of those like four inch shovels that's like this and start cleaning out the, the loose stuff. So Haley, you know, she was going to get us some water and I'm out there and I'm like, <gasps> you know, I'm, I'm dying. But as I'm doing this, man, I, I'm telling you. 
I started thinking about the fall that took place in Genesis 3. I mean, in the midst of shoveling dirt. And it's almost like, the Lord was like, the reason you're having to do this is because of sin. And I was like, man. And I started thinking, you know, Lord, my life has been so bad at some points, and I've been so rebellious. I deserve to do something like this the rest of my days and die and go to hell. Really. That's how wicked we are as people. But in the midst of realizing, you know, all that stuff, digging all that dirt, after I got done with all that, man, I was just like, thank God for Christ. You know how many times we've said in here that that teacher that lives within us, yep. when today's topic is the gift of teaching, yep. how dependent, and Hunter, I'm glad you brought that up, how dependent we should be on the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And there's times like, I mean, I've had thousands of them, just like you described, of whom I'm, uh, God cares enough about me to come to me, mm. move on me, and there's I don't have to say who is that, or there's I don't have to go oh, ask no. what just happened. Mm. It's a teaching. Hey, Ezekiel was on the road, I'm telling man, you, and God was, appeared, those, and he he knew, he knew one of those uh, providential encounters that man alive they impact me as an individual. That. Is God's example to us yes. of how we should in the flesh approach our brothers and sisters in Christ and say, hey, I care about you. And I love that you said that because, so, you know, I have this moment and I'm still digging tore up because you, I mean, really, he uses the smallest things yeah. to teach you the biggest things mm-hmm. or to put you in a place of praise. It gets, it gets big in a hurry. Too. Listen, 10 years ago, I never would thought that digging a hole would get me to a place of praising Christ for dying yeah. on the cross. I mean, I looked up, this guy was, mm, I mean, it tore me up. Mm-hmm. So Haley comes back, and all of a sudden I said, Haley, you know what I've just realized? <laughs> Boy, we started talking about Genesis 3, right? Yeah. We started talking about Christ on the cross yeah. and all these things. And that's what I'm saying. Man, we have to be taught and led to be able to share those things with someone else. Because Paul, what did Paul say? I didn't come to you in men's wisdom. Mm, no, no, Came no. to you in power and demonstration of the Holy Spirit. And so in our teaching and in our guidance, when we instruct others, we need to pray that we would be instructed by the Creator. Absolutely. By the one who even wrote the word that we are trying to divide. And man, if we were rely on Him to lead us so we can lead others, that'll be effective. Why? Because it's led by God and it gives glory and reverence to Him. Now, I know that's a small example, and, you know, Bible talks about, you know, if your wife has questions, you know, she needs to ask the husband, he can teach those, and we're not married yet, but that's something we put in practice, and, I, you know, I'll say this, and, I, you know, anytime I've talked good about something Josh and Zoe have taught me and Haley, they always say, it's not us, it's God, and that, it is, but, man, you know, Josh has, he's going to be my father-in-law, but the coolest thing is, is we've been able to have personal conversations where... Josh takes his experience and his wisdom. He shares with me some things that he God has showed him so I can start doing that now in my marriage. Just like my dad does the same thing. You'd be an idiot, right, not to listen to the wisdom that God has given somebody to give to you. And that's where in that moment, like, we're going through that. So what else am I thinking about? I'm thinking about the times that I've talked about the responsibility of leading my future wife and teaching her. I'm thinking about the conversation Josh and I have had, me and my father have had. And now what happens? It's coming to fruition. So that's the thing. When God does something, when God controls and he leads and he teaches, like it's not just for nothing. These are things that are practical in everyday life. Huge. And when we, okay, let, let's talk about our series at the podcast. We're, why are we doing this? We're doing this to, to help teach and educate. We're, we're doing currently a, a series on spiritual gifts. And we went through the, the intent of these spiritual gifts and the equipping of these spiritual gifts and the purpose behind them and what motivates us and love in chapter 13. And we'll, we'll probably, when we wrap up, we'll, we'll, we'll probably work that in there. Yeah. Yeah. But the teaching, why is it important? Well, just like what you're explaining to us, Hunter, it's pivotal that mm. we have grounded, intelligent Christians in place because we will have to contend for our faith and defend against false teachers yeah. because there will be those who Bible warns of wolves in sheep's clothing that will slip in and try to tear down what God's got going. And, and you know, when we uh, 
look at God's Word and we read God's Word and we meditate on God's Word and we understand what it's saying, that momentum that's gained and lives that are changed and and the, the snowball effect, and we've talked about the, the, the rock that's thrown in the pond and the ripples that come off of it. Satan don't like that. Satan is... Uh, bound and determined to do everything he can to stop the church and the moving forward of it. So it's our responsibility as we teach to have folks educated in God's word enough to recognize the false teachers yeah. and the wolves in sheep's clothing. Yeah. And uh, uh, Josh, I know you flipped your Bible. You got you got something? Well, it, it was going back to the earlier part of it, but it was it just reminded me like when... Paul was addressing them, you know, and they they came, and he's like, if we're going to go on our own, things that we have done, and he lists all of it. He's like, I'd be the first and foremost. Yeah, yeah I got the, I got, I got I the got, pedigree. Yes. I got it. Yes. I got the resume. Yeah, Look at it. You know, exactly. <laughs> but then in verse 7, but he says, if, but if all those things were to gain, um, or gain to me, I count them a loss for Christ. And it's just the thing is, is that, you know, it's it's never, ever going to be about us. It's always about him and the work that he's done. You know, and I mean, Pastor, this morning, his message was great on that because there's so many times that, you know, and I'm guilty of it to where I start feeling like I can do this or I can change this or I can make. You know, no, I can't. The only thing I can do is share the gospel message and share the love of Christ and tell them what they've yeah. done in my life. Yeah. Outside of that, I can do nothing. And it's and then like I says when we were talking or Hunter was talking about that it just made me think that you know it is mm. it's all Christ mm. it's not us yeah and I you know and, and it's so easy to get to that point where you really take your attention off the Lord and it's almost like you look in a mirror and you start looking at yourself because like you know it, it's like this last week you know some great some great things have happened you know I started my senior year in Bible college some other things and. Man, the other day, you know, we went, we even went fishing, right? I was the only person in the boat to pull fish in. And so I'm sitting there, I'm like, dude, things are great right now. Man, all this. But I'm telling you, I felt this small after some prayer I had the other day with the Lord because I found myself on the altar begging Him to forgive me mm-hmm. of the mistake I've made in the last couple of weeks. It broke me. Mm. And this morning we walk in and he preaches on the sovereignty of God and God's this big and we're this big. And I'm just sitting here and it's like the Lord's bringing all this back to my memory. You know, they can't see you. Yeah. He did all these hands. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. I talk with my my hands. Me too. I'm bad for it. I'm like, I I got four foot. I'm sorry I interrupted you. No, it's okay. You you go ahead. But, you know, he brings all these things to our remembrance because, one, he said the Holy Spirit does that. He brings things to memory. But, man, thank God things, some opportunities are happening. Thank God, you know, all these things. But man, if I if one second I take advantage of his goodness and mm-hmm. forsake it, then man, I, I one I've robbed him of glory. But two, if bad things come my way, I deserve it because I've removed my reverence for self glorification. And when you look at teaching, it's like even Christian education. I'm huge on Christian education. Man, we do have the Bible, but God has given people opportunities to take. Biblical principles create an educational system that kids can learn life skills, right? Kids can learn things about working with your hands and math and all these things. But man, thank God for people who take that and integrate Christ into it because the natural world is trying to take God out of all and of they that. Get, they get resourceful and they get they get tactical and they get intentional. Yeah. And they, and again, how do you get from how do you get from being a a uh, oh woe is me why am I going through this where are you at God chicken little the sky's falling how do you get from there to the position where uh, uh, Paul and Silas were at? Hey, a snake bit Paul, and he didn't. Get, he didn't care. Right. <laughs> he just kept going. Yeah. How do you get there? It's it's it's, the, it's a process. Somebody's got to of being yoked up together yes. yep. with a mind of intentionally, purposefully teaching, yes, instructing, developing, yes. building up each other, exhortation, yes. and bringing the body to the point where we understand, man, they're rejoicing because they count. They were counted worthy. Yeah. To be beaten. Yep. 
You know what I'm saying? Yep. You've got to, somebody's got to help you get to that yeah, point. That, and that and whether whether you go through you know uh, education, right? I, I love education. I'm glad God gave me an opportunity to do it. Or you don't go to school, but God gives you a huge amount of knowledge, a huge, uh, you know, uh, resource. He, I mean, you got the spiritual gift of knowledge times four. You still have an opportunity that you have to learn the word. And God's called you to come to the table and pass the things you've been educated on, the life skills you God's revealed to you. And if you've got this and pass gift, it. if you've got this gift, you've got a responsibility. The bigger, you know, hey, the bigger the measure, the bigger the requirement. The more that's right. given, the more, more it's expected. And, and, and that's that's what. And again, guys, <laughs> I, I I say these things, and I want you to understand. I'm not using them as excuses because I I understand God's blessed me mm-hmm. and. Uh, Daddy said, "Just because I'm slow, don't mean I'm dumb." Yeah, <laughs> I'll get it. Yeah, I'll. You know what I'm saying? And once I get a concept on it, man, life God has blessed me and brought me to a point where I'm at right now. I feel, I feel compelled to try my best to make folks understand. Yes, man, alive, it's worth it. It's beneficial. You, you, you better apply it. You better take hold of it. Me and Josh talked a couple weeks ago. There's times where you explain it till you literally cannot explain it anymore. Why? Because you're compelled to. You have an opportunity Absolutely. to explain the gospel out. But here's the thing. If someone's going to get affected by it, God's going to have to affect them. Yep. I, I can try to explain everything, men's wisdom, but the Bible says men's wisdom is folly to God. Yep. He's going to have to intervene. And that's what I'm looking, you know, it, it's like a lot of people, they'll talk about school or this, and they'll be like, I've had, some, someone asked me this question. They said, why are you going? I said, my number one burden of why I want to go is because I want to learn everything I can, collect all the resources I possibly can, and do what with them? Give them to other people people yep because some people won't have that opportunity some people go to a church where there's not been discipleship in 20 years right and they show up so that's my burden whatever i learn in this life whether it's through the chapel it's through my personal studies or a teacher or a professor right i want to use that and pass it to someone else because you know martin luther a lot of people praise martin luther martin luther and the reformation he's not perfect right i mean he had his flaws but what convicted him was that the Catholic Church was keeping the scriptures for themselves so the common man would not understand and they would just follow like servants. And when Martin Luther broke that Bible, right, and he went and printed it in the printing press and passed it, everybody was like, now wait a second, they've been misusing this. And that's where I, I kind of see his idea that the scriptures are for the anybody. It's for the common man. It's not just for the smart guy. It's not just for uh, the rich guy. It's for every single person. And that's what I love about this is because, you know, uh, Christ said it. The least will be the greatest. He uses the least of people to be the greatest, right? And, And that's what I love is because I don't come from a long line of rich educated all these smart people but man i i do have men in my family that god has called and used and equipped right and that's what i'm saying i don't have the track record i I don't have the preliminary variables that you know we think we should have you two don't either right no no, no everything no. that we have is because god has given us the god-given ability here, to do so and here's the thing i understand and i think the the that everyone in this room understands and the thing that we want to convey to our listeners, God did not save us and place us in this position to muddle along and struggle through mediocrity and uh, shallow, deep, uh, amoebic, uh, anemic Christian life. He, he's meant for us to have life and hey. have it more abundantly. Abundant. P- hey. Dramatic pause. P- <laughs> Peter, right? Let's talk about Peter. Let's talk about John Mark. Let's talk about... Fisherman, yeah. dude, go read First Peter and Second Peter, and tell me that fisherman. You think a fisherman wrote that? Yeah, yeah. man understood creation. And when I say abundantly, I'm not talking about I'm not talking about possessions. I'm not talking about finances. I'm not talking right. about I'm talking about an abundant life, which is full of the fruits of the spirit: peace, love, joy, happiness. You know what I'm saying? All that stuff. It's 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 available to us. Yeah, but yeah, Peter. The fisherman. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, you. no, you're good. I mean, John, right? Go read first, second, and third John, and tell me you're not wild by the knowledge that's in there. Yeah. Go read Jude. I, I mean, go read Ezekiel. Go read Isaiah. And that's what I'm saying. God takes people 
and uses them for his will and his purpose, not theirs. But what I am saying is he can take a fisherman and create him into a professor like that. Yep. Because God can do that. And if you're a teacher, whoever you teach, right? If you listen to this and you're a father and you may not teach a Sunday school, your kid's at home, right? You have a God-given ability to pick up the Bible. If, if you the Holy Spirit's living within you, you have a God-given ability to pick up the Bible and understand some things. Now, will some people understand everything? No. Teachers teach to people, right? They raise other teachers up to go out and teach other people. So, you know, as much as I love teaching people, I've got people that teach me, right? Because it's a continuing process, Christ. I mean, think about this. When God designed the body of Christ and the church function, isn't it awesome how perfectly repetitive it works? Yeah. Not because we're perfect people, but because of his system, right? Teachers raising up teachers. Preachers raising up preachers. Uh, you know, wives teaching their children. Women teaching younger women. Men teaching... You know, and it's just continuous, is it not? Oh, yeah. God created that process. The, the uniqueness and the individuality of it is, is I yes. think, amazing, too. Because yes. we're all not the exact same. Yes. And everybody's got their own benefits that they bring to the table. And, and I think God just absolutely miraculously places us all together but every christian has an opportunity to to teach someone yes now you may not be called to be the sunday school teacher maybe not or the youth teacher or whatever but man you have an opportunity whether it's your family your co-worker or something and i know this alan said it. he's not just going to save somebody and not give them the spirit to show them things in scriptures that might mean that you need to get off your booty and open your Bible and start praying. I heard a pastor gave me some advice. I had a guy call me about a revival, and he gave me some advice. He said, pray yourself empty and fill yourself with study. Never heard that before. Yep. I was like, man. But I see what he's saying. Lord, let me decrease. Yeah, you increase. <laughs> so yeah. you can increase. <laughs> and when you look at the opportunity we have to have an effect on someone, that's what we need to do. God, empty me. Mate, this is not about me. No, I have no, nothing no, no. to offer. Lord, empty me. Let me see your word. Teach me your ways, right? Make me see it. And the Lord, use me to what? To glorify you and what? Affect someone else. To be a light to someone else. I'll share this story. I've not, I've not shared this. Uh, but one of the things that really motivated me to read God's word and once I got committed to reading faithfully, I wanted to learn. I wanted to, you know what I'm saying? One of the things that helped me the most was one of my coworkers made this statement. He said, have you ever seen those book signings where they have the carnal, fleshly author that's written this novel and they're promoting their book and they set up a little booth and they have the lined out the door, door, people to get that book signed by the author, right? Right. What? How awful would it be to go up there and hand that book to that author? And he said, "What did you think?" Oh, I don't know. I ain't read it yet. Well, I didn't read. I didn't read. It. I just want you to sign it. One day we'll stand in front of God. Mm. Yeah. Kind of the you know this is a little bit of a different spin, but we've got His Word. We've had it our whole life. I ain't never read it though. Don't know what it says. Don't know what's in there. Mm. Really brought me to a point that pushed me. Number one. And this is this is the process of God growing me. I read it front to back, straight through, just to say I'd read it. <laughs> I'm being honest. You know what I'm saying? I wanted to check that box. Yeah, I've read I got, it. I've read, I've read it. it. Oh, the Bible. Yeah, I read but, that. <laughs> but here's what that did. What that did to me by reading it all the way through. I'm now like, man, I want to study it. I want to know it. I want to learn about yeah. it. Yeah. And I and it's like you know, mm, Alan. That's you just opened up a band aid. If you go your whole life without opening your Bible or having a desire to read it, you're not a Christian. Something's wrong. Something's not right. Because you might be saying, Hunter, that's a bold statement. Please go read John 15. A truth will bear fruit. We we will know the tree by its fruit. Yep. Now is what's that fruit for? That fruit's for God, right? So you're telling me. You go your whole life and you don't want to read, then the question is, do you even want to bear fruit to God? Do you want to be rewarded for your obedience? And that's my fear, is that 
through religion, a system of easy believism that we talk about on here has been yep. created where people make a profession and they pray a prayer because someone tells them to and then they're like, I'm good, I'm going to heaven, and then they don't do anything. Yep. James said, faith without works dead. is dead. What What is a work? An effort, right? So what's something that could be qualified as using effort to glorify God for a work? Reading your Bible. Daily Bible readers. Hey, we done it here for years. I mean, and we, we posted it on the the little uh, yeah. attendance board. We, yeah. it, there was a blank on there that said daily Bible readers. We get, you know, 10, 15, 20. Sometimes we get up there in the 40 or 50% range. Yeah. Now, and I'll, let me say this too. Like, when you look at the word work used in Scripture, like even Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, it's the same definition. Any effort, right? So yep. if we have to, if James is telling us we need to get, so let me say this. I walked in this room, right, and you all are with me. Uh, one of our youth, his name is Josh, he was walking in with me. So he's been asking me, like, where should I read? Well, he chose to read Revelations, and I, I don't think it's benefited him. Now, he's learned some stuff, but he is very confused right now. There's sometimes you got to have somebody teach you some stuff and help you get through some stuff. So I told him, and Jeff, uh, Jeff French, our associate pastor, encouraged him to go read James. So he read the whole book of James in a week. So today we were walking over here. I said, so what'd you learn? He's like, man, uh, we shouldn't judge others. And even demons can believe in God. And I said, right, so now you need to put this to practice in your life, right? He said, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. James said that if we have just faith and we don't do any works for God, then we don't have true faith at all. He's 15. And he comprehended that. Now, did he do it on his own? Did he do this? My belief is he's studying God's revealing things to him, right? So that's why I'm saying this. When you look at the word work, and it says we bear fruit, we do works, we do all, it's effort. If you go your whole Christian life without putting any effort in, mm, James says that faith is dead. Yeah. Now, have I missed days studying? Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Does can that I, mean I'm lost? No. No, 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 no. Can I get dogmatic about reading my Bible every day and get legalistic with it? Absolutely. There's, Absolutely. There's can, all, I, can I yes. offend folks and drive them away from yeah, Absolutely, I sure can. But here's what the, the, the concept of, of, of just challenging folks to read the Bible every day is there's a hope that that develops into a yearning for a deeper knowledge a more committed relationship so yeah I'm we're not gonna we're not gonna beat people over the head because they don't read the Bible every day you're not lost and going to hell because you missed Tuesday yeah I'm saying but if you go if you go 365 days for 60 years without doing it something's wrong something's not right something's wrong that might be a dead tree according to scripture Mm. and you know and that, that's where I'll say this, and uh, we'll, we'll kind of finish up. Again, Romans 12. If you have the gift, use it, right? Teachers, teach. And, and if you have an opportunity to teach anybody in your life right now, I would encourage you to take advantage of that. Because if you become lackadaisical, right? Scripture says you simple ones, how long will you live in simplicity? It's easy to, yeah. right? Get off the milk. Hey, here's the other thing. Ooh, here, oh, oh, here's one. If you only study because you have an opportunity to stand before people, hmm Mm. I'm glad you're studying and you're getting ready, but man, who you trying, we, to, who you trying to impress? We need yeah. to be reading without opportunity. That's exactly. We right. need to be in God's word without opportunity. Uh, be ready in and out of season, right? Yes, absolutely. That's what I was going to say. I mean, so when's our opportunity to stand in front of people? You never I mean, know. Mine's daily, pretty much. Know. I mean, exactly. you need to be prepared. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people think being in season is just when you're behind a pulpit or a podium. Hey, brother, no. if, if if Jimmy calls you, and I'm just saying a name. If somebody, you know, Jimmy, your buddy calls you and he's like, hey, I've been reading over here. What's this mean? You're not ready to explain it? Yep. That's a pill you're going to have to swallow and think, mm, God, I need to get back into this. And yep. I've got to be more faithful in my studies. It's happened to me, right? Somebody will come up and say, hey, I've been reading this. And I'll be like, uh, I haven't read that in a while. I need to get back into it, right? But then sometimes somebody will come up to me and be like, hey, you know, can you explain how, and this this is a question a kid asked me once, uh, what was God before God? And I was like, what? And he's like, so what did he do Like before Genesis 1-1? Like, who created him? And I was like, man, what a question. So I gave a basic answer, right? But what did I do after that? Man, I went and tried to find the best answer I could give. You know what happened? Another kid came and asked me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, he said the Bible, he's the same beginning now, forevermore. He's always existed. God's just been around. And he's like, that's so cool. And I was like, man. So sometimes someone might ask you a question and you might be like, 
man, I need to go back to the drawing books. I'll come back and I'll help you see it later on. I'll help show it to you. So teaching is a huge thing. And can I say this, man, I hope God sends more teachers. I hope God calls more teachers because we need people that are not afraid to stand up and declare the word of God and get past their nerves, get past their personal emotions and explain the word of God to people. It's like, you know, I have a friend right now. Uh, he, he's a preacher friend and, uh, his name's Jack Dell and I love him, right? His daytime job is he's a middle school teacher. I think he's a science teacher, but you know, what's awesome as much as public education is going down the hill. Do you know what he still views his opportunity as a God given opportunity to share truth Good with middle him. schoolers? Good. And that's what I'm him. saying. We need more people. Yeah. Whether they're out in the public field or they're in the Christian school, at home, in the church, wherever, that will stand up and be like, let's open our Bibles to John chapter 3, and today we're going to discuss how Nicodemus and Christ, how, you know what I'm saying? And, that's and I, just teach. People, media gets a bad rap. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's bashing the media right now. Media's media, guys. We've got the same opportunity as the church of a living God to get our voices out there. Why aren't we? Yeah. Why aren't we? Mm. You know what I'm saying? We're letting we're, we're letting the extremists take over, yeah. and they're defining who we are. We're not even standing up for ourselves. Yeah. We're just rolling over Sitting and taking it. Silence. Rolling over and taking it. You yeah. know, bust me in the mouth. Okay. I'll well, that's what I love it. about, and I hope you you can say this for you go to church too. I love our church. Why? Because we have people that are bold to expound and exhort the word of God rightly and in depth, and they're not afraid. Right. So when our pastor stood up, him and brother Jake. They taught on sexual morality. A lot of preachers aren't going to do that right now. No. Right? Not, <laughs> a lot not, of pastors not. are not going to do that. And I, I'll say this, and I'm not going to get political. I promise I'm not going to get political. But if the church does not stand up for themselves and start verbalizing our beliefs and our Come convictions, on. Come on. we're going to be labeled a hate group. We're so, going to be labeled racists, and we're going to be banned from exercising our faith. Yeah. Well, it's like that coach in Virginia or whatever. I read the article last week. You know, he got the new public health gym, all this stuff, and it's like gender neutral. And he was like, no. I, he said, it's we are hurting these children by teaching them that a girl and a boy can be whatever they decide. He's like, we're hurting them, we're scarring them, we're poisoning them, we're misleading them. He, he said, God made man, and God made, and he made his stance. And what happened? The school system came along and put him out of, the job because he stood, but what's he still standing on? What he said. I mean, come on. We need we need some adults that have a backbone about them that care about those young people that want to teach them. <laughs> it's teachable. It's like the old a hey, the old men uh, men of a long time ago. You know, they get preach preacher preach. You know what I'm saying? That's I mean that's what we're saying right now. It's, it's true. Like, it's come true. on, guys. Let's let's stand up. And I, here's the thing: we're saying that right now, but the three of us, the four of us, are held accountable. To do that in our own lives. Exactly. Because here's the thing. If I say that right now, and tomorrow I go in public, and someone comes up to me and they're like, are you a Christian? And I start, uh, why? You know. What gender do you what, associate what do you, with? They ask me that question. I've got to be like, hey, listen, God designed man. Yep. God designed woman. They'll cut me off before I get that sentence out and yep. be like, you hater, you this. So be it. You know what I'm saying? Yep. And, and I, I don't like hurting people's feelings. I don't either. But we should be willing to endure that in love. But it's not that we're trying to hurt their feelings. No, 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 it's no, just no, no, we're, no. we're standing on truth, right. and they're choosing to be offended not by us, but by what the Creator has decreed. I'm sorry I started that right at the end of the podcast. It's all right. <laughs> straight up. Straight up. So, But, uh, my friends, I hope you're educated, and I, I hope that if you're a teacher, man, you're encouraged by this. Yeah. Get in the Word of God. Get in that stuff. Oh, we'll pray for you. We'll pray. Absolutely. Uh I'll pray for us right now, and then we'll we'll end it. Lord, we come to you in prayer. We thank you for this day. Father, for all of the people that are listening to this that have an opportunity to teach someone, Lord, and you've given them that gift. God, I pray they embrace it. I pray they stand, Lord, and I pray that they would take time to study the Word of God and rightly divide it. But, Lord, I pray that you'd get them excited to be able to share what they have learned from the Holy God through the Holy Spirit. God, we love you. We thank you for this day. We pray for all of our listeners. God, I pray that you put your hand on them. I pray you'd protect them from the enemy and from evil. God, you'd grow them in their faith and in the knowledge of your word. Lord, we love you and pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Guys, y'all got anything else? God bless. God bless. God bless. We'll see you guys next week. Peace out. <laughs>